0: You're listening to Red Nation Online.
1: Left for Divinko,
0: this will go on.
1: Can we run it in left of towards Divinko. Now it's a catch. Back it comes towards Tulsa Ricketts. It's game over. Yes! And they
0: are there waiting, walking here. <laughs>
1: Friday, March 30th, Steve Perry, I'm Ian Clark. We're back from B1 Field, free pizza slice in hand, celebrating TFC's first win of the MLS season as they took out Ray Salt Lake 3-1. It was Josie Altidore and Jovanka who created everything. However, we give a lot of shine to the supporting cast of Clint Irwin, Ashton Morgan, Oro Jr., and the Canadian depth added in of Tosaint Ricketts and Jay Chapman. Of course, Jonathan Osorio continues to impress this season, And we mark this display as the first, which meets the standard set from 2017. But the side note that there's still potential for us to be even better. It's all that and more on the next 45 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Two weeks it's been since Aaron and I. It's another chilly afternoon. We were outside, but at least uh, we're indoors today, Steve.
0: Because we've been outdoors for a while.
1: Yes. Still it's been cold. Very cold. Thawing out a little bit. And uh, I don't know if I'd say emphatic, but I think at one point during this game, I thought 2-1. I think leaving this game 3-1 is a lo- obviously better than 2-1, but I think, it, I think that better reflects how this game was played. Uh, 2-1 makes it feel like it was a close game when for most most of the game it wasn't close. Uh I thought Toronto outplayed Real Salt Lake the vast majority of this. Outpossessed, created better chances, more chances, I think across the board. It was this was our game to win and when Real Salt Lake got that that first goal and kind of pulled the pulled the goal a, a bit closer I was like, "Oh my god, like this a game that shouldn't have ever been a game has now become one."
0: But they didn't score at the beginning. They scored near the end, right? Yes. I mean, they, they were already down two nothing. So because the way you're describing it makes it sound like uh, they went up first at the beginning, so they sure. didn't actually. Um, and felt like uh, – so I wanted to discuss the lineup if we could because I feel like uh, maybe they had a certain – Toronto FC had a certain confidence uh, starting a number of players that usually don't get starts. So Nicholas Hassler, Hassler being one of those players. Yep. Uh, who was in on the start. And Ashton Morgan, the return of Ashton Morgan, Clint Irwin. Yep. Um, so a bunch of people who are, have been playing the bench most of, the, most of this – I guess the end of the last season even this season i feel like we've already played quite a few games and it feels kind of crazy to be at the end of march and have already visited the stadium four or five times now it's fucking freezing yeah <laughs> right so yeah. and we were talking about like that new setup that new structure of that building is just uh creates a crazy wind tunnel so it does feel very cold you feel the cold in that stadium um, regardless of its uh, protection from the elements. Yeah, um, that's the
1: notorious. the notorious um, well, part like, of the location. like it comes right off the off, lake, right? Yeah, I mean, going back to the exhibition stadium days, right? Like, that was what it was known for when you would be down to watch a game it's there. It's drafty. drafty. Yeah, it something. comes right, the lake effect, or whatever you want to call it. Like, it doesn't matter if there's... It's
0: not just for snow, it's also the wind. Yeah. There's other weather that comes off that, yeah. or is affected by that lake. Yeah, because you'll
1: be, we'll be leaving, we'll be walking down to the stadium thinking, oh, it's not such a bad... You get in the stadium, and it's a different story. Yeah.
0: It's almost like its own weather system. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we see uh, a number of other players. Like, I would say, I don't know if they, you'd call them tier two players, but they're definitely players that are sort of, I feel like some of them are in development, right? And it didn't seem to phase the lineup or how we played. I mean, I feel like this is great for Vanny to do. You get uh, some experience, get these guys getting some time in the, you know, in sort of the, the outlier Mentality of uh, making sure that you get 10,000 hours, but you can become an expert, getting all these players to get their time, right? Yeah. And they look good in the lineup. Uh, you know, Ashton Morgan, haven't seen him in, I feel like, I mean, I know he played a game or two last year, but I feel like <laughs> I haven't seen him in years. No, he's so, a lost player,
1: right? And I
0: even when I saw him in the lineup, I was like, you know, it's crazy that they haven't traded him yet. <laughs> I mean, and at the same time, I'm glad they didn't because, like, you saw him today becoming really a multi dimensional player. He was not just uh, great on defense, but also wound up setting up the second goal and uh, gave us all kinds of attacking options as a as a uh, you know an overrunning an overlap running player, right? And on in the as a winger, he's just fantastic. He had some crosses. I mean, you know, I think that's all coming. It was all the last time I saw Ashton Morgan, I felt like he. He has come along with this team. I feel like he's definitely improved so much since the last time I saw him. I was just blown away by how good he was playing today. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I don't think the game was based around Ash Morgan, but I feel like he becomes a metaphor for this team. You know, they're building this team together. And a team is is as strong as their weakest link. And I think they've taken that seriously.
1: Yeah. Great point. Um, one thing we should mention, Steve, when you talk about that lineup, and not necessarily new players, but kind of new formation, because when you talk about, you got Morgan at left back, Ora Junior at right back, who I thought actually had a pretty good game too and, for a, for a twenty year old. And
0: I feel like he started in midfield initially when he was first playing.
1: Oh, right. So yeah, he was pushed up high, and he wasn't like at the at this flat form. But the, I thought the interesting thing was it was more in Vanderbilt. Who were the the center back pairing. So mandeville has been playing on the right side. Yeah. And then this game, uh, Vanny said, no, we'll start US center back. And I thought that worked out great.
0: Yeah. He uh played with a lot of confidence. And like there was I heard some people groaning about some things he was doing. He did marvel he did marvelously there. I think like there was some times when he just stripped the ball and then just made like an easy pass instead of kicking it out. People were upset that he didn't just kick it away. And I'm like, no, he's like calm cool and collected and you need someone like that to like you need that first pass like you don't want to turn it over and you're you need that first pass to be like like a a shea rue pass you know you need it to be like on the money yeah my
1: observation was his at the start of the game he made two bad sort of like mid to long ball like long on the ground passes like through the middle that got cut out but after that but after that i mean like he was he was making some really smart um he was making kind of like tricky plays look easy you know what i mean where he would just shield the ball and head it over the guy to his to oro jr for example or he would just you know juke left Go right, lay it off to Irwin. Just like easy things like that. That I also know.
0: felt that the whole team had been practicing that they were going doing these uh, passes that were going back and forth all day long. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was an, a great example of uh, a near miss goal where Osario is inside the six yard box, and instead of like shooting, which he's inside the six yard box, your know, every instinct is to shoot. He passes it back to Hasler, Hadler, yeah. to, who's ten yards out. And, you know, he had a better chance. And, I, I mean, it was just uh, unfortunate that he just kicked it just a little shy north of the crossbar. But it was a beautiful play. And, it, and we, we saw all kinds of passes like this going back and forth through the middle of the park instead of going around. Like, usually, you know, when you've, you're playing, it just to me it's it, it demonstrated a lot of strength with our, with our team, with our passing, uh, that was going back and forth, back and forth. And I also noticed that – big huge difference between the first half and the second half the second half we were playing like barcelona used to play like the like the champion you know when spain was on top of the world we were playing that possession game where like you know it felt like we were like 90 percent of the time possessing that ball and real salt lake was barely getting in and it was only just at the end when i think we sort of had i mean altador comes out Ricketts comes in uh that's sort of when uh, real Sal like sort of got back into the game not yeah. not to Ricketts' fault I just feel like um i I don't know maybe it's just closer to the end of the game but we you know after the goal win and we composed and we didn't like panic which was also that's a sign of a champion team right yeah definitely a team that's not panicking yeah so, well that, my observation lots of, lots of neat observations from this whole well team.
1: yeah and I thought I thought I mean you touched on it that Again, just as a broad stroke of the overall comment on this game was this: I think this was the first game this season we've seen where we're like, "That's the team from 2017." Like, that's the team that that came, that really like flourished last year through the summer. That was a team that started to dominate. You know, where you know I can think of uh, San Jose coming here and Houston coming, and it just games where didn't necessarily throttle everyone, but you could see that you know, Rail Salt Lake they. They just didn't have it, you know what I mean? Like there was, there was a, there was a gap between what they offered us and what we were bringing to the table. Especially when you talk about that passing, and this was the first game, I think. Even, I mean, the Tigris game was a great game, but I think that was a more game of grit and determination yeah. rather than silky, slick passing and running on and off the ball and kind of like doing these triangles, working up all the way down the field. And we finally saw that, I think, for the first time today.
0: Yeah, well, we were playing. I mean, Tigris is a team that had, I feel like they had a lot, of, they were, you know, up a level in terms of ability and quality of play, right? And I feel like we, we were playing more against equals than. And I feel like maybe Salt, like, wasn't as good. I, but I also felt, you were saying that that's the team we saw last year. I feel like this team has improved quite a bit, even more. Like, I feel like there's been a lot of fine-tuning going on with this team. And even though there's a lot of new players in, like, there's, you know, you've got the new players, I feel like they, they're gelling. I don't know. I feel like there's. uh, uh, It's looking good. I think. I feel like we're blooming, if I could say it that way. I feel like there's a blossoming going on. You know, spring's around the corner, if I could use that metaphor. Sure. And and it's and it's looking that way in terms of the pitch and in the lineup and the strategies and everything that's developing in this team. It's fantastic to watch.
1: Well, I mean, it's and it's. I mean, it speaks to. We've kind of said this before, previous podcasts and whatnot, in terms of just consistency, right? Like that's something that. That means something on a football club that we didn't have for so long, and when it's you just have, what happens when you do that? Yeah, when you keep a core group of guys together, and you add parts here and there, and, and and you don't just add parts, you upgrade those parts too. So the team just keeps getting better and better. Speaking
0: of which, did you hear Vasquez got signed for a longer term contract? Yes, this week.
1: Yes, we should mention that because yeah.
0: that's also part of this tinkering.
1: Yeah, and it's like it. it it's kinda, good that we're keeping him. Yeah, I mean, it kind of keeps it keeps the the hope that you're going to see rough, hopefully, this core for another three years at least, right? Like if, if uh, Vasquez, I'm not mistaken, is 30 or 31, you expect that he can carry on until 34-ish, right? 35 maybe even. That might be pushing it, but that's sort of the age that you want him going through. And he's, if he's with us then and everyone else stays with us, then hopefully we have that to look forward to.
0: Now, Vasquez didn't get to play today. No. Sadly, but... Uh... That's okay because we got to see a lot of Canadian talent. Well, and Osorio,
1: I, right? Osorio cont- continues to impress. I think in, just in the had midfield. a
0: fantastic game. I mean, I can't say enough about him. I, like, there's so many times when he was just turning the ball and turning players, and he just comes so <laughs> he's come so far in like the last two years. He's just like a different player. Uh, he's really coming into his own. He's like you know, I can see him captaining this team one day. Well,
1: and it's like I, I almost think like you know we had you know, different comments and critiques about him over the years. And I wonder if it's maybe just something where it's like getting in on that title winning game, maybe like flips a mental switch, like of confidence almost. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, we've said that, you know, it, when you get to that 25, 26 range, like that's really when most players are hitting their prime, mm-hmm. like when they're in their mid to late twenties, not necessarily in the early twenties. And he's hitting that point where it's like, Hey, he's got, he's built the experience now. So he needs to put that on display. Yeah, and and play like that, and I think we I think we're seeing it this here. I mean, like you're saying, like his ability to to pick up the ball and well, he in and the just guy. beat his def- beat the beat the guy that he's. He but, filled
0: he filled in the gap though. I feel like you know with Vasquez gone, uh, Osario stepped up and he did a lot of the. I mean, so the, they, we also started Hassler and Delgado. So Delgado and Osario had a great game in the middle. And and when they weren't having a good game, you saw Bradley come in and step in, right? And lots of people were commenting about how Bradley was playing. They said, yeah, "I haven't seen Bradley play up this far at yeah. this time," and I, it's just I I feel like. Uh, I feel I feel like this team, the chemistry is so good with this team that they're net na- they know how to play um, each other's strengths and deficits, right? Um, so to their benefit, and and you're just seeing them shift and 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 be flexible like this. It's just uh, I don't know. It's just it's like almost like watching magic work. It was great. But the other thing I wanted to mention is that because with Vasquez out, uh, we got to see Hassler and then. Um, when Delgado came out, Chapman comes in, mm-hmm. and Ashton Morgan's on there, and Osario's on there, and that's four Canadian players. And I don't think we've had this many Canadian players ever play on the pitch.
1: And then Ricketts so, comes in too, right?
0: And Ricketts comes in at the end with Altidore. So I yeah. felt like and th- that's when Hasser went out. So, But we still had a few times in the in the second half, we had four players that were Canadian. And I thought, you know, it might be March 30th, but it feels like Canada Day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we haven't we haven't been able to say that for some time. I don't
0: know, but that's always the goal. Like that's the that's the dream of the local fans is to see your local talent on display. Yeah, this you want to see Canadian players excel and win for you, and that's what we saw, especially with Rickett scoring. With, that last, yeah, that with last, last goal. Yeah, there it was. Yep, um, it's a dream, right? Yeah, it's a dream not only for the players, but it's a dream for the fans. Yeah.
1: Anyway, and if I can make uh, maybe to. We've talked a lot about the, the players in the in the starting eleven, but we've left out. If I can maybe get into the game, yeah, let's get into it. You know, because the beginning of the game, it was all centered around two players. Like the first half, for example, was were really revolved, if you can say. I mean, there's there's stuff to talk about, but it was Jovinko and Altador, I think might have been the the talking points through the first half in terms of creating chances, earning penalties, missing penalties, scoring penalties. And then, you know, getting goals and that all they all were created by Jovinko, <laughs> almost missed by Jovinko, scored by Altador, set up by Morgan, finished by Altador. I mean, that's in a quick breeze like that was kind of what happened. And I think we saw it early on. What
0: about uh, Jovinko calling Altador onto the player to earn that yellow? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. On that defender.
0: Yeah. And there was an interesting matchup between him and Silva, the, the central mid-back, right? Yeah. Uh, who later on got so pissed off that he almost kicked him in the head. Mario Silva?
1: Oh, maybe you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was a,
0: di- a different Silva than yeah. the one you're thinking of. Okay. I just uh, So there was this one fee one battle going on between the two of them. He had got punched earlier in the, in the rib cage uh, to the point where he was like whinging and uh, falling over trying to catch his breath. And then like almost uh, two minutes later, the play comes out where... Um they're starting to press, and he calls Altador in to press the guy who just punched him, and Altador just runs him over right <laughs> I mean it looked it didn't look like he was running him over, but to the referee, it looked like retaliation, yeah, yeah. which earned uh Josie a card and Javinko a card because
1: Javinko came in and stood over him, yeah and gave him an earful,
0: yeah, because he was being an asshole to him, right, yeah. But and then he, he went down, he, shouldn't, like, he shouldn't have lost his cool. I mean, sadly, he, he took the bait, right? As much as uh, it plays great to us, like he gave, <laughs> in some ways, it's like you know this psychological thing where we feel like we're yelling at him too, right? For beating up our best player. Yeah. Um. At the same time, uh, it's not good. Like you don't want to get these cards. I mean, no. Well, how and, many and, and, cards did we finish with? Well, yeah, I feel like we got at least four because Ashton Morgan got one at the end, and Bradley got one, and it was four. I feel like it was four. I thought it
1: was six. I mean, six at one point. He gave out of six total. But anyway. is,
0: it's also unusual to get two penalty kicks. And not only two penalty kicks, but two penalty kicks within the first 20 minutes of the game.
1: Yeah. That went and and, there, but there was almost a third penalty kick. Do you remember the, the cross that came in yes. the, over the top? And yeah. Altidore got... Tangled up with that guy, and I was like, "That should have been a penalty, maybe."
0: But I feel like uh, because there was already so many calls going on, he didn't want to call because he just felt like it would have looked way too biased, right? Yeah. And so he became sort of uh, the equivalent of libel chill, where you just kind of it became call chill, right? He just uh, he looked at, at at how many calls he had been making, and and it looks suspicious, especially like if you take this outside to the league. It's not good for him, for yeah. sure, right? His ranking is going to go down. So I think he be- he had to watch what he was calling. And that sort of, in some ways, let the game get a, a little bit more out of hand because you saw a lot of pushing going on after that and no calls being made, right? So there's like, quite a few hands on people's backs with shoves going on at the last minute. And, you know, it, I, we saw it in both teams happening. And I just felt like this game has really gotten chippy as a result of of the referee ge- referee sort of like blowing his load at the beginning of the game and not really... Uh, he he was too call happy at the beginning, and sometimes they do that to try and get the game under control, and it worked in the exact opposite way as it's supposed to have worked. And what are your right? thoughts? What
1: are your thoughts on? Um, let's let's broach because I'm sure this will be a talking point as the season's getting getting going. Is is about uh, Jovinko? I mean, he misses that penalty that has sort of become.
0: Well, so you're trying to give him credit for all the off-ball play that he's done because all the service is coming through him, and so you see Javinko and Vasquez working as number as the top of the diamonds and alternating, right? So because Javinko picks up a lot of uh, tra- a lot of coverage, and he'll stand out of the way off play, and then he'll do these dazzling things where he runs through. Like, I mean. Are you saying we should write off Shavinko? I'm trying to no, think No, i would, I'm I'm
1: never I would never say that. I'm, know, saying, I'm saying sorry. I'm saying this is this might be a topic of conversation. No, people yeah, have yeah. Yeah. missed a so, penalty, Steve. So and he's I, done it many many a couple times in a row. That's so that was the And first he goes, goes to the kick. same kick. He does the same kick every single time. Yeah. So I mean I think that's I think people are gonna talk about this. So I'm just but I'm he's putting had, it out there.
0: Yeah. So but but the thing is he's ha- still had some result with it. And even like missing a penalty kick, well, that's you know it's it's kind of like it's 50-50, right? Uh it's going to happen it's going to happen half the time. Wasn't that great that Altidore picked the same corner and scored on it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Which <laughs> I mean, he, which the, just
0: erodes the, the keeper's confidence. Jovinko right? so set up the pass
1: that put him in through yeah, for sure. that for that penalty. Like yeah. I, I'll say that and but I mean that's my point is just uh you know of course
0: I, I didn't the second goal like go from Jovinko to to Morgan. to Morgan and yeah. then Morgan just gave the tap back to Altador, and he just finished. He finishes, yeah. <laughs> and he gave all kinds of credit to Morgan for that, right? Yeah, yeah. He just gave him the biggest hug right after that. Yeah. And the Ricketts goal didn't that come from Javinko? That was uh, a pass from Javinko. No, it
1: wasn't. Who was? He? It was. It wasn't from because Javinko could have swooped in on it, and he, and he laid oh, off. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And he let it go. He wasn't being. It was a shot. though no, it was a shot from Aketche. Eh? Yeah, and they were both there. You see Javinko make the run for it, and then he sees Ricketts, and he just lets him have it. And Ricketts finishes, but I just feel you know like some people would be glory hogs, and he's not like that. He's not a selfish player. That's that's a, also a great character of him. Right? Yeah. Well, that's. So, I mean, I
1: think one of the thing he, if I have a second year is that I almost feel like you know that first season set the expectations super high, super high, and I don't think they set the expectations of really what player that he is. I think he is more of you know he 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 is listed as a secondary striker. Which, could, which, you know, he is more and more of a playmaker necessarily than just a pure goal scorer. And he came out in that first season, just lit everything up. And I think we all just think every time he touches the ball, he's going to dazzle through, you know, he's going to work his way through a team and he's going to have his great finish. And I don't think that's the reality of what so he is.
0: I'd like to add something to that. Uh, I feel like he's on everybody's radar. So he gets lots of coverage. He has to do a lot of other things to get himself open and free. He still delivers the dazzle every game, so you'll still see something crazy out of his bag of tricks that you've never seen before. It's that's the delight of going to each one of these home games is that like what's Javinko gonna do now? That's just gonna blow your mind and make you want to practice that on the pitch for the next week. You know. Yeah. And and the other thing is that because he's got all that radar and attention he's got to become like a playmaker right but i also feel like his character isn't the one that wants to take all the glory i mean he's got a tattoo that says loser he's not the guy who feels like he's the guy who's the finisher he feels like he's the guy who's the playmaker i I feel like that's his thing and maybe he's good at set pieces or maybe he is just good at um pressure pressure plays right which is those are the kicks um that's when everyone's looking at you and he you know, in some ways he's he's like been in these tough spots a lot. So he feels like the one most suited to take it. But you're also seeing all these other players step up. Like, I mean, you know, the second kick, Josie didn't even let go of the ball. He just took it straight and he's like, I'm taking this one now. Yeah. And so you're seeing everybody else step up with that same swagger and confidence, right? I mean, he's a role model in some ways uh, as the guy who's an outsider role model. So you're seeing, I think there's multidimensional roles that he plays.
1: And, you know, you I, we didn't really touch on this, but I mean, you had some good comment on, on jo- and how, and how, how good that was to see that Josie does the exact same shot that Jovinko does. Now, the difference is, is you know, I think if we want to get have like a slightly technical discussion, yeah, the run-up to the ball yeah. between the two of them and how different that was and how, and how the result came the way it did. Um, because Jovinko does a slow run-up to the ball, does a stutter step, and really just tries to place it. Yeah. Whereas Altidore, technique. yes, but Altador kind of came from the outside and you could see Ramondo didn't know. He didn't know which way to go. Yeah. And he actually caught Ramondo. Flat
0: footed. Yeah, flat footed. Even, even though he was jumping the whole time on the line, ready to pounce in either direction. Right. So that he was he was trying to psych out Altidore, uh, jumping continuously on the line so that he knew that he was ready to go anyway. And then got caught.
1: So, and he didn't even pick the corner.
0: So I feel like they, there was two different techniques being played here, right? The first uh, was Javinko trying to flush out what the play was going to be, and then react to it, right? So you're seeing a guy figuring out his figuring out his kick as he's making it. Javinko on the run up. That's yeah. what you're talking about, right? Yeah, you're talking yeah. about the run up where he did the he he starts the run and then he stops and then he sort of goes into it again and then kicks it, right? So. Uh, and in some ways that's like very ballsy to do because it's just, it, it wreaks confidence. Right. And can play psychologically. He's playing a psychological game with the keeper. The second, the second is Altador's run, which is just straight in. He had completely decided on the, on the thing, on the, where he was going. And it was, it was not too far from the center. Like if you look at it where it ends up, even though it, it's on the left-hand bottom corner, it's not completely in the left-hand no, not corner. At all, it yeah. was like only a yard away. He could have just stuck his foot out and got that, yeah. right? So that was an easy thing to say, but because he powered it. Now, the other thing I think that Josie did was he ran towards the right. So he started on the left, ran towards the right, making it look like he's going to the right-hand corner, and then kicks it to the left-hand corner, which is difficult to do. Yeah. Very hard to do. And so Josie was playing his own mental game with the keeper which was <laughs> fantastic but the best part was that it was the same corner and then it was like you can be beaten on that corner it's yeah. sort of like this throwing down the gauntlet we can beat you on any corner yeah we're going after you like you know you're not unstoppable yeah and that and, I, and that after a keeper's like that that destroys a keeper's confidence right yeah but you know keepers usually blow it off because it was like a penalty kick right
1: but we should say it's difficult to stop that's good to say though is because what we didn't say off the top and what we should know at maybe at this point was that first win in the league first goal in the league that becomes the first home goal and then we had a then we ha- i mean we can say we scored a, okay we scored a goal like that but then we scored we did score from open play because you know the penalty is kind of a given. You don't, you don't it's want like to a get, given goal Yeah, and you don't want to. You know what I mean? It's it's one. Yeah, it's one thing to score off a penalty. It's another thing to score from open play. Like that's a little more decisive. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. earned goals, right? Yeah, yeah. So then we, we did get that one, uh, obviously, and then if it, it, you know, it, it, I think just again as we talk about this game as a whole,
0: and that and that second goal was no slouch. I mean, but he's inside the eighteen, but he picked a corner, the far corner, and he just picked like he just. It just snuck in on the post, right? It was a beautiful... He picked that because the keeper just missed it. And then they almost scored a goal like that against us, right? Yeah. And you
1: should say he was coming in to his left. Yeah. And he struck it with his left foot against his body, right, to go on that side. Like, it's actually a difficult strike. Takes away
0: your power. Yeah.
1: And I think it caught Ramondo again. Like, he couldn't... He just couldn't get over there to stop it. And it was a... I mean, it was a great... It was a great... That was a great first half, and like I said, it's like it's kind of like the we had a lot. We had a bunch of those first halves last year where we we're up two nil at the half, and we we're like, oh, we are. We're gonna eat pizza. Yeah, we got two goals. We're gonna eat pizza. Hey man, like we, how many pizza? I can't tell. You, I don't know if you if you pay attention to the the titles of the of the podcast, Steve. But there was many pizza references <laughs> last year, and now this is probably gonna be the first pizza reference of 20, 2018 twenty eighteen. I'm very happy for that. Um, and we we secured the pizza.
0: Yes, but we almost didn't, right? Because mm-hmm. Salt Lake came back and scored that, uh, their first goal. I they think almost had se- a chance. 70, 70th minute. Yeah, but they almost had a great Yao chance. Yao Plata before had a chance, right? 51st minute. Yeah. So right at the beginning of the first half, Yao Plata, which would have been the ghost of Toronto FC, that uh, curse, this is the curse that uh, often haunts us, right? feels like we broke the curse. I don't know if you ever watched Survivor, but they're doing the break the curse kind of thing this season, right? And oh. I feel like uh, we broke the curse because yeah, Plata didn't score, but he had a, f- a fantastic chance of scoring. It almost got underneath one, but he somehow… Sat on it. Yeah, <laughs> sat on it and <laughs> stamped it. It was crazy, but it was a great, I mean, lucky save, but great save. And
1: Yeah. Anyway. And speaking of, of former TFC players, I got to say that I was going to usually, I mean, the last year we haven't said this as much, you know, before it used to be a story of, like, why did we let that guy go? Oh, we're, like, this guy's going off playing great. Luis Silva, don't miss him after watching him play today. <laughs> Holy shit, I don't think I've ever seen someone go down in a heap. Six times in a game? <laughs> yeah. Well, it seemed like any time he had contact. He might he be was... the
0: simulation player, right? Oh, my God. I guess everyone's got specialties. And Kyle Becker, wasn't he? Beckerman, yeah. Beckerman, wasn't he with us before?
1: No, he was. Oh, oh was he here for it? No, 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 I don't think so. Not for us. A... No, he was on Colorado to Rail Salt Lake. Okay. That was the trade. Anyway, was it's, it it's, it's, a it's fair to think that. Because, especially in that first season in 2007, we were wheeling and dealing and people were flying all over the place. And I feel like Connor Casey might have had something to do with us going to Colorado and then the whole
0: hmm.
1: whatever. So I, I feel like that might have been. In, I, I do remember that in that season was when Beckerman, our first season, if I'm not mistaken, Beckerman went from Colorado to Rail Salt Lake. And that was one of the first moves that they made to rebuild their team because they were god awful. God awful. And then he was like the, one of the first key acquisitions that sort of turned that team around. A little side story there on Real Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah. So then, of course, as we said, 82nd minute, Real Salt Lake pulls it even. But then. And they do press, feet.
0: they continue to press. But then we also press. And, you know, I don't know what you're thinking about. I mean, a lot of jokes about Ricketts Bun. The man bun. I mean, you know, whatever. He can do what he wants. I just, yeah, of course. And I feel like uh, I just feel like I don't want to hear that shit. Even though, like, they make fun of the other guy, for, who for, I think he was from Columbus. Kai Kamara. Right? Yeah. He's on Vancouver now, is he? Yeah. I just feel like you know, this kind of. I mean, I get why you do it, but it's when you're doing it to your own team, it's kind of bad. I just feel like, man. That's yeah. when I got sensitive to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: and it's like, uh, you know, we, we yeah. obviously have a – I have a soft spot for Tosain Ricketts just because, A, his backstory is is just has been so arduous uh, for him to finally get into a great situation at Toronto. And then, you know, what was it, last home game, he unsuited only to see a player get injured and not get put on the pitch. Yeah. And then he goes off and plays for Canada and he scores. And you're like, yeah, so he's, like, he should be playing. He should be playing. He will bang in goals here and there. And that's all you can ask for. And I was, that was like, for me, I was just like, yes, I'm yeah. happy that he got that goal. Me too. Because he just keeps – I think he should, for because, the last well, two, be, and and proved you saw, the point. That and you saw
0: him run. Like, I mean, you saw him just go and put the pressure on. And, you know, in the dying minutes of the game when players are just knackered, he's like the, the breath of fresh air that just keeps – the pressure on for us, right? He was just the uh, he was the forward momentum pressure for us that we needed uh to just when we're getting pressure from Salt Lake to just turn it around because you can't send everybody up then, right? If you got a guy like Tucson Ricketts, you can't you can't flood everybody. You just you gotta keep it back. So it, it thins out the pitch. I mean I feel like he's he's pulling the team he's pulling the the whole play the opposite opposite way, which is fantastic. And I just I want to see more of him, but I know that, you know, he's, he's got, he's going up against some heavyweights, right? Yeah. I mean, how can, you got to justify taking Josie out? Right. So, yeah.
1: You got to be up two nil. Yeah. Really is what it looks like we have to, the situation we have to be in and you even noticed that. And it's funny. It's like, I'm still kind of like, cause you, uh, you were a little more, um, aware of it than I was. I wasn't following haz around and you were like at the 69th minute, you're like, no, he was, he's been done for a while. Yeah. And then Akechi comes in, and I'm still like I'm running hot and cold on him, where I'm just not really you know he some like his passing wasn't great, but then he'll he's the one who had that shot right that he's got a great left foot. I mean, from set pieces and from sort of like that range within 30 yards, like he's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw that, and he's the one who kind of created that third goal with that he he lifted it over uh, Ramondo and off the off the crossbar and set that up. So I'm like, yeah, he does have. He does have value was a out there?
0: Fantastic shot, by the way. I mean, that's that's the highlight reel shot, as far as I'm concerned about this game. Yeah. I mean, Josie's goals were good, but that shot, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, that's what I think the keeper was thinking, right? Yeah. He's like,
1: and he's done that. He's done that. If I'm not mistaken, just, I mean, I, it's not that I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to track. I think it was the Colorado game where he had that long range shot, right, and mm. hit the woodwork. And you're like, man, he's got it in him.
0: I wanna mention one other player, which is the Brazilian Arro Junior. Yeah, yeah. I, what did you think of his play? Because I feel like, you know, I don't think I've seen him playing on the on the back line before it. Well if we we're doing I, I if know if we're doing was,
1: three center backs, yeah, he's he's further. But he around.
0: was but he was running as a as a you know, as a wing back, right? Yeah. So he was getting into the play. Yes. I noticed him today. I feel like uh I mean he works really well at Vanderbilt. So I think those two work really well on that side together. And um I don't know. I just thought he had some creative plays. He he made creative offensive plays in the back line Mm -hmm. to make space and to like and to just throw the team off the the opposite uh, the opposition like Real Salt Lake. And I just felt like seeing that creative stuff coming from the back line is kind of insane. Yeah, (laughs) it's almost like boasting to a whole other level, right? Yeah, I just thought. he was fantastic back there yeah anyway well, I don't know what you thought but i I feel like to me it was like really seeing him play for the first time well like I, he was fantastic
1: yeah I thought I thought this was I mean I've both I've you know from the from the start of the year both Oro jr. and Vanderville I've sort of been like look they, I'm not gonna be overly critical because I think there's time for them to kind of like settle in but I thought this was for me this was the first game where I was like they're settling they look like they're like they're Getting in sync with everyone else as well, which has been important. You know what I mean, like I thought, I thought Minterville had like a good game. Like I thought I he was he was working well with Moore on no um, the back line, um, yeah. and he was making good decisions. And once he got, like I said, those two bad passes out of his out of the way at the start of the game, I don't think I had any groaners, uh moments like that. And I thought, all right, that's sort of that I, side of the. I love Zavalletta
0: and Mavinga, and I didn't miss them. Yeah, can I say that? I think they're both great players, and I feel like. It feels like we've got lots of choice now in the back line,
1: which is great. As we, especially at the start of the season, that we we have Club America on Tuesday. Yeah, we start that next round, the semifinals of the, which is the Champions only
0: League. four days away, isn't it? Yes. So, I mean, it's good that we rested some of these players. That'll be in the starting eleven, right? Yeah, yeah, and and didn't feel uh, and didn't feel for it. Like it didn't cost us anything.
1: No, Clint Irwin gets the start. Yeah. and looked perfectly perfectly comfortable. Yeah. Um between the sticks, and then that gives us a chance to let Bono start the game at home on Tuesday. So where do you want to go from here, Steve? Do you want any sights and sounds do you want to talk I just about want to game? mention
0: one other play, um yeah, sure. which I feel like was uh symbolic of the game, and that was uh so- something that Jonathan Asario did around the twenty-fourth minute um after the first goal, where there was a ball being crossed by Real Salt Lake trying to come out of their end, and it was like a diagonal pass low into the ground. And out of nowhere, Osorio makes this aerial sliding tack, like dive towards the ball and knocks it out of play. To me, it was symbolic in this way because it's just a diagonal pass. And I felt like what this represented was no play is too little to not fight everything for, to put everything into it to turn this ball over or to intercept it or to. To me, it said everything matters, mm. and it was a shift that I hadn't seen before in this team. And I felt like this is what I want in a team. I want every fucking play to matter. And with that, that was that was the play that sim- symbolized a, a turning point for me in this game, and and for this team, I mean, yeah. And well, also, I'm this also, game also I think point. also a turning point for Osario and stepping really stepping up into his role. Yeah. Anyway, I just felt. Yeah, because it was like it was like a non really consequential play and out of nowhere he makes this heroic sliding tackle to knock the ball out of play no one's even in the way and you're just like and i was just like what the fuck was that that play was insanely good yeah and it wasn't it it was a play that didn't matter but it mattered
1: (laughs) that's great so how about that wall of honor steve
0: Oh well, why do they put Ex-exper- it on the toilet?: no, why do they?: put well, it on, They're on talking the-
1: about the one on the outside, not that one.
0: Oh, I, I didn't take a look at it. I just I guess there's a bunch more names on it, right?
1: They have put a whole bunch of stuff on there. And the only, the only thing I got to say about that is when you bring out those kids wearing their wall of honor t-shirts, maybe do that like when it's warmer out. are <laughs> freezing. Not at eight o'clock there was kid so no, was, was super it, There was one side of the, sound. Young, the littlest there was kid. One little kid who was like shaking. He was shaking because he was so cold because they would, all they were wearing was a t-shirt with like a t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt underneath it.
0: Yeah. That was it. It's
1: cruel. It's cruel. It's abuse.
0: Yeah. Someone should call in child services. Yes. <laughs> um,
1: and then my other, my other observation and maybe just like comment is, uh, I mean, it was another brutal night on the pitch. Yeah. That. So uh, we'd
0: have a few weeks off and you know, going into the game, it, the field looked great. First, mostly, first mostly look. great. But the when I was look. looking at it through my glasses, I was like, that bo- that bottom corner, it's a little bit rugged. But mostly, it looked like it was intact until they started running on it, yeah. <laughs> of course. And then anything all kinds that was of like hard went,
1: cut or like any kind of like a moment of sort of like a collision yeah. or hard, like hard running or hard defending. Just hold like the tearing up that pitch. I
0: just feel like this is ankle. This is an ankle breaking pitch. And I don't, do we want that for champions? Uh, I just kind of feel like uh, I don't know. Is I, I mean, I don't really know much about grass, but I do know that it's coming up in like chunks. And, uh, and I feel like when you have those kind of divots that these guys may not see while they're running, it's dangerous. Yeah. And I just thought.
1: I don't know if you noticed in the first half. There was one play that we ended up getting a scoring chance because... The ball hit the divot. No,
0: I didn't know. Took this. a
1: bounce. The R- Rail Salt Lake defender missed the ball because he was playing it on the ground, and then it took a hop, so he missed it. And Josie got by him to oh. get a chance. And oh. I was like, "Fuck, this thing is like." <laughs> I hope they fix that when they switch sides. But my my point was like, you know, I almost and I've you know we said this before from a weather perspective, but I'm like, I mean, it, maybe it really does make sense that Toronto doesn't play their first home game until April. Yeah. I mean, it really, if we're, we're two we're, days away from, but yes, I know, but it's like, they would have, there would be less of tear. a
0: technicality and more in the little later into April.
1: Sure. I mean, if we're in the champions league, it's there's been, there would have been two games in the month of March, but I just think, um, the more, the longer recovery. And I, if I'm not mistaken, there was supposed to be a TFC two game this weekend at BMO field yeah. and they moved it Oh. because I think they were concerned about the pitch. Yeah. For, the tu- for Tuesday's game. Makes sense. Right? So that's the only other thing that I was kind of like humming and hawing about was that, uh, you know, again. But, I mean, to credit to the team that, you know, the first couple of games of the season, I kind of like added the pitch into the poor play. And despite that pitch, the team started to look a lot better this weekend. Yeah. And maybe if I just – unless you have any other Are thoughts – Are we developing
0: as the pitch or – yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know if you have any any more any more no, comments I, or I sights think, and sounds or I, anything, Steve. I do want
0: to say something. We should let's look forward because we got a game. In oh yeah, Club days, America. Yeah, um, which is a big game. And there's something you noticed about you doing some. Well,
1: there's two key. There's two key points. There's a couple of points about yeah. to know about Club America. Of course, they're they're a huge club, and they play out of the Azteca in Mexico City. I mean, this is almost legendary as, stadium. Yes, and this is you know it's a legendary club. Yeah. I mean, we've beaten Tigres, who are right now like probably the best club in Mexico in terms of like um, like spending and players that they brought in. But Club America also has some good players. And a um, slouch. Yeah, but we've got we've got a bit of fortune heading into this game. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was reading. I think Jeremy Menez has gone down to injury, so we won't be dealing with him. An interesting thing is, if, if I have the dates correct, he would have been on the same PSG team as Gregory Vanderveel that won ah. a slew of titles in a row. If, it was 2016, 2012, 2016. If, I th- if I'm not mistaken, Menez was on PSG from 2011 to 2014. So I think there was overlap. And then he went to AC Milan. I can't remember who was next, but now he's at Club America. And then the other interesting thing is the two things... Now, this, is, this has changed, but two of the strikers for Club America... I'm losing track of his name. There, there's, uh, well, there's Darwin Quintero, Owen oh, Peralta. Now... Toronto Sea supporters, if they harken back to the last time we were in a semifinal against Santos Laguna, those were the two strikers we went up against. However, Darwin Quintero, Colombian, if, I, if I'm reading the news correctly also, has just been signed by Minnesota. So Jeremy Menez, Darwin Quintero, looks like we might not be up against, definitely against Menez, and it looks like Quintero's off to Minnesota. That is a, that is a huge like, strike in our favor. Um, heading into this game that these two guys aren't in there. And, and Quintero just, I mean, he performed in that tournament um, back in 2012. Mm. And that, he was a key part of that Santos Laguna's team's uh, runs through those years. So to not have to face him is, is a big thing. And, and, you know, like we saw with, um, who was a Gignac uh, on Tigres. I mean, the French players, even though they're leaving Europe and they're, you know, maybe in quotes, to maybe retiring to Liga MX, they still got it. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, they're not dinosaurs. No,
1: encouraging signs, but still, I think the other thing, though, is just, I mean, just what we know about League MX and Mexican teams is technically they are on another level yeah. from what we see in MLS. And that's that's part of the challenge. Like, their worst, I think the th- reason why ML, League M- M- MX, in a lot of ways, is still better than MLS is because their worst players are better than MLS. You know what I mean? Our best players might be better than theirs but their worst players are better than most MLS teams. And I think that's why yeah. they have so much success. That's something that's, that's something what, what we're looking at ahead. And of course we might see Toronto's makeup might be completely different from what we saw today of who gets on the pitch. If we see um, if Vasquez has, you know, he's dealing with like, I think it's nerve issues. Mm. So whether or not he's going to push himself to play in that game.
0: Yeah. I mean, he came in the last 20 minutes last time, right? Mm-hmm. And it made a difference.
1: Yeah, huge difference.
0: And then something else you noticed down the home stretch—we're playing a lot of home games on Friday.
1: Why is that? Do you oh, think? in May, in May. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. is that? Do you think? Oh well, I mean, I—I—I I, I don't know if it's no, if, but you
0: have a hunch about this, right?
1: Well, I—I have, I have a hunch that, you know, obviously MLS, you know, they have a TV deal, and uh, I think between the days on the of the uh, through the weekend, like, I don't think. Like I don't it's
0: think t- it's tough to get down to the Friday night games. It's tough to get down to games during the week. Night-time games. So it's this isn't for the benefit of the hometown crowd, right? Yeah. <laughs> to make these games. No,
1: I think it's not a great deal. But my thought is that MLS is still an American League, and they're going to give American teams the best slots on Saturdays and Sunday. And we're not going to get them. However, they still have a TV slot to fill on a Friday night. And I think that's like, yeah. That's what we're getting. We're getting that. And it's because I, th- I think it's just because.
0: We're the team to watch. And,
1: and it's like whether or not people are watching us. I think people are coming to these games even on a Friday night and it's making good television. Right. It's, it's, it's the only, it's probably the only team you could put in that slot and have a hope that it would be a competitive programming slot. You know what I mean? Like to put the MLS champion on a Friday night, that's, that's probably your only hope. If you were going to put Columbus against, you know, against uh, some other team, maybe Atlanta is the only other team right now that could really draw those huge numbers. But like, let's just say, You know, Columbus vs. Colorado on a Friday night. Yeah, no, no, nobody's watching that. So that's that's part of why I think we're getting stuck with these these games. I think they're just hoping they have.
0: It's a good observation. I just wanted you to share it.
1: Yeah. Um. So I think that's it, Steve.
0: Cashing your tickets for pizza slices. Pizza slice tomorrow. Pizza slice Saturday. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, long weekend. Yeah.
1: And then get get ready for Club America on Tuesday. It's
0: a good Friday game. Lived up to the name yeah of the holiday. Yeah, yes.
1: I, you know, just like I know we we just started the outro, but I would say finishing like feeling very positive, um kind of like touch touching on the key points that a all the Canadians got in there, b everyone looked good, c like the team I think finally started to play like we want them to play. Like I think we finally saw that performance today. So I think hopefully, knock on wood. This is a this is a good omen ahead of Club America.
0: It is, but Tuesday is a different game, right? Different league, different team. Live up to our ego. Yeah, let's okay. not let's not believe our and ego it's, it's too it's much. Hopefulness,
1: Steve. Nothing wrong with that. We can hope now in Toronto.
0: As Javinko does and points to his loser tattoo. That's yeah. what we got to think of. All right then. All right, keep our right. egos in check.
1: Steve Perry, C I U T.
0: Yeah. Equalizing start.
1: Sunday at to ten. Clark R N O on Twitter. Info. Have your say. We love the emails, love the tweets, all that stuff, guys. Send it out this way. Uh, we'll leave it at that. I think you know what. I think after this, I think after because these games are so important, we're gonna we'll, once again we'll make a move on a Tuesday to do a podcast after Pub America because it'll be important. So we'll leave it at that, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you on Tuesday. I'll see you next time. Thanks. I am want you to get involved reach out to us on twitter at red nation online or by email at info or have your say at red get in touch with us let us know how you thought the team did agree disagree it doesn't matter also check out our other podcasts on red nation online from the black hole ours is the fury and our interview series thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time